For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. And now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. In the holy name of Jesus, Amen. Like all the parables of the kingdom, the parable of the vineyard workers is Jesus telling you that his kingdom is not of this world. It doesn't act, it doesn't operate like the kingdoms of this world. We must make this distinction that the spiritual estate is not like the secular estate. The left hand and the right hand of God are not the same. Church and state must be distinguished. To confuse the kingdoms is to confuse law and gospel. For the sake of the gospel, the good news of forgiveness in Jesus Christ, you must not turn the church into another earthly nation of laws and rules and regulations. And for the sake of the world, you must not demand the state to be some kind of utopian heavenly kingdom ruled by grace, mercy, love, freedom, and equality, attributes that belong to the church. From the garden to the present day, sinful man wants the kingdom of Christ to conform to the kingdom of this world, and the world to conform to Christ's kingdom. The church takes on then the role of disciplinarian with demands, regulations, and rules. Some of these are benign, red-letter instructions. We call them rubrics. Stand, sit, bow, kneel, hands folded, hands making sign of cross, sing, speak. These are all really indifferent matters, though. Take them or leave them. Even the most pious congregation will ignore your faults if you fail to do these things. But what I'm talking about is quite worse, quite a bit worse. It's when congregations elevate God's law to the role that was the role as tutor, disciplinarian, and taskmaster to be the main thing. That means that some think the church and even turn the church into a place to badger and beat and manhandle and drag sinners into some kind of conformity. These are those who demand of the pastors, if only you preached more law, people would behave better. It's not the church's primary job. It's actually denial of the gospel, which is to predominate in our preaching, teaching, and life together. So the scriptures testify. Before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, so that we might be justified instead by faith. So after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. The law, Galatians 3. So the kingdom of the left, we call it the world or the secular estate, is not given the gifts of the kingdom of Christ. 
The kingdom of the left, the secular state, is given to commend those who do well and to punish those who do evil. Romans 13. On the other hand, the kingdom of the right, the church, the spiritual estate, is given to forgive sins in Christ's name, to love with acts of charity, to show mercy upon the needy, to give cheerfully for the kingdom's work. But again, it's the old Adam that wants to reverse or even invert what God has given. That's why we look to civil rulers to save us, not looking to Christ. That's why we look to the state to bring about diversity, inclusion, and equity, things that are really only promised in Christ's kingdom. That's why we want to abolish the police for some kind of mock freedom and then police the world for some kind of imposed peace. That's why we want to forcibly steal wealth and then redistribute it to others for a false kind of equity or erase any kind of distinguishing features, even biological ones, that have been given to us by God for some kind of equality. So we were told, we even were given to sing, imagine that there's no sex or gender. Imagine nothing in this world is merit-based anymore and everyone gets a trophy. Imagine that all the guns are taken away and the world finally has peace. Imagine that there is no more rich or poor, no hungry and no sick by all of our programs and science. Imagine all you want, but it's actually a horrible, disgusting attempt to be God in God's place, transforming the world into the church that worships either them or us. We imagine a utopian world, not a church, where we have no king but the little Caesar of our own hearts, where we get to play gods and kings. And despite all our previous attempts, and of course failure to do this, we think that we'll finally get it right this time. We finally found the way to bring about, well, Christ's reign on earth except without a Christ. You remember during our Lord's Passion, he was brought before Pilate. Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Jesus is telling us to let the Caesars, Caesars do their job, or Pilate's, or whatever. Their job is to commend the right and to punish the wrong. But also don't give them anything else to do, especially that which God has not given them, and even more so that which is reserved for Christ alone, or for Christians, or for Christ's church. It doesn't matter if they're wise and noble, or orange, or demented. Please stop trying to turn these little Christs 
Caesar's, to save you from whatever is afflicting you, be it a virus or some spy balloon or whatever the threat is du jour. Stop looking to them to solve the world's lack of love, charity, and mercy. They can't give it to you. God has not promised it to them. Stop expecting them to show mercy, to be generous, or even to care for you. It's not their job. And even when they try, they don't do it well or at all. Stop demanding the civil estate to make this world look like Christ's church. It can't and it won't. Stop praying to them, worshiping at their feet, building for them better and bigger hallow halls and sacred spaces in D.C. or the Capitol or wherever. And don't give them reverence and devotion that belongs to God in Christ alone. Because Christ's kingdom is not in this world and it's not of this world. Well, it is in this world, that's the church, but not of this world. There's nothing about this kingdom, the kingdom of Christ, that the civil estate can replicate. They can mimic and play act like they're a church, Christ's church even, but God will always cut them down. They can rebrand and command and impose themselves upon you, even proclaim to you peace, peace. But they are no different than the pagan prophets who make promises that they can never give because they are outside of God's word and authority. Being outside of God's word and authority, then their promises always bring about, well, they go the way of tyranny, injustice, poverty, sickness, death, and war. But Christ's kingdom is not of this world. And the good news for you today is that you've already been brought in. Because for Christ, nothing stands in the way of transforming you and his church into a little heaven, even in the midst of this hell. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. Your age, your sex, or ethnicity is not a barrier or a qualifier for your inclusion. You don't even have to have extraordinary gifts, talents, time, or wealth to contribute. You can even be crippled, lame, blind, deaf, dumb, and be brought into this kingdom. No need to euthanize you. You can even be a sinner, or worse, chief of sinners. And that's no obstacle to Jesus bringing you in. Christ Jesus gives what no other God, secular or pagan, can provide. He forgives your sins fully and completely. He cares for you generously and without expectation of any return, as a free gift. He brings all those who hear his voice and follow him into his kingdom, be it described as a vineyard like today, or a sheepfold, or even a harvest. You are baptized in Jesus' name, made holy by the forgiveness of sins. You are his adopted sons, inheritors of his kingdom even while living impoverished, enslaved under an authoritarian state. You are his Israel, his chosen people, while being pilgrims in this barren land. You are the blessed of Christ, having all of God's promises of grace, mercy, and peace now, even while you remain in this world under a constant barrage of temptations from the flesh, from the world, and from Satan. 
You cannot expect or even demand this world's kingdoms to give you any of that. Only the kingdom of Jesus will do for you. Delivered to you who now live in Christ. So here in Christ church, you get to keep all of the God-given distinctions that he has blessed you with, that make you unique, while at the same time being one in Christ Jesus, baptized into his name. And here in Christ church, you are all given daily the denarius of saving faith, forgiven freely, as he has purchased and won you through his shed blood. Thanks be to Jesus in his holy name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.